Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. I am so excited to have today's guest with us. Allison Muir is a transformational coach and founder of Square Peg Coaching. Her mission is to create a better world by helping her clients believe in themselves again, get clear about what it is they truly want in life, and find courage to take action. Only through accepting who we are can we create change. So welcome, Allison. I am excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you got started in your business. Well, I come from a corporate background, so I spent many years working for food and drink manufacturers, not through any desire to work in the food and drink industry, but because I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do when I left school. So fortunately, I fell into a job that I was good at. And I quite quickly went into a team manager role or a team leader role and then a team manager role and really enjoyed the aspect of working with somebody one-on-one and helping them understand their skills, understand other people's perspectives, working with other people and just really got a buzz out of seeing them develop their careers and go on to new adventures, new opportunities. And, And also quite early on, I realized that Treating people as individuals and not expecting them to just fit in was a real key skill that I had. There was this whole expectation that people should be able to do everything equally well and behave in a certain way. And you could see when people were getting disenchanted with their jobs and they were feeling undervalued and, you know, just spending some time with them and really listening to what was going on in their working life and their home life and and treating them as valid individual reaps so much more rewards than just telling them how badly they were doing. So those sorts of conversations where people were designated as underperforming and needing corrective interventions in the workplace, I actually looked forward to having to deal with those. So unlike my colleagues in management and team management who would run for the hills, I saw it as a real opportunity to make significant change and help someone in a really profound way, which put me as a bit of a weirdo in the in the team management arena. But also it meant that other team managers saw what was possible and therefore found the courage to start having those conversations with their own teams. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that side of it, putting the numbers in the boxes, the planning, the forecasting that I used to do because I worked in supply chain. It wasn't something that lit me up. But actually working in supply chain is a really good grounding for what I do now because pretty much anything that can go wrong will go wrong in supply chain. And no matter how many plans you make, something will happen to throw them off kilter. And you have to be able to see different options to think through different alternatives and to see a lot of different people's perspectives because in that sort of environment, we're dealing with people who are making the product. 
to the people who are delivering the product, to the directors of the companies, to the directors of the clients' companies. So you have to be able to see different perspectives, understand what's important to different people, um, why they are reacting in the way that they're reacting and remaining calm and being able to see a way through that meets everybody's objectives. So when it comes to coaching, that's a really important skill and helping people see different options. But it wasn't my passion. So I left my corporate career when I was just turning 40. I I took voluntary redundancy. I was just starting my second marriage and I took the opportunity. Now I had a bit more financial stability behind me to leave and train as a body control Pilates instructor. Pilates had been something that just kept me going because sitting at desks as much as I did, didn't do my body any good. So Pilates was my go-to to keep me sane. Also, I had lots of mindfulness, just practicing, focusing on my body. So I thought, actually, I wanted to help people make the most of their lives by being able to keep moving. And that's probably my biggest achievement is qualifying as a Pilates instructor because the whole thing terrified me. Standing up in front of a room of people, demonstrating with my body how to move, then going round and correcting them or helping them achieve the right positions was just my worst nightmare and the first time I did it I couldn't even speak my mouth was so dry but it it really pushed that boundary because I I just hated standing up in front of people and it was that thing that just helped me move through that but although I got a few classes and a few regular clients going it wasn't enough to keep me earning a living so I went back into the corporate world and a few years later I found a running coach who was also a life coach. So I'd been learning to run with her. I then had life coaching with her. And through that coaching, I just said, you know, I want a job where I can read a lot, learn a lot and help people. And she said, well, that sounds a bit like coaching. So I thought, well, I'm coaching anyway in the workplace. I'm working with my team. I love that people side of it. And I was getting more and more frustrated in the workplace because a lot of the people I worked with were introverts. The workplace was very much an extroverted environment where they wanted you to do loads of teamwork, collaborations, not have individual meeting rooms and have open plan offices. And you can see all the introverts just sitting headphones on and going, I can't cope with all this noise, can't cope with all this distraction. It was just getting really frustrating. And then my cousin, Alan, who was my age, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. He was given less than two years to live. And I was sitting at a traffic jam one day, really upset about the journey to work and journey home from work and how stressed I was. And I suddenly realized that here I am sitting in the car complaining about my journey to work. And my cousin has got this diagnosis, his family are going to lose the son and the the husband and the father. and, And I really should get a grip and focus on something more important. I realized that the only reason I needed to earn what I was earning was to go on holiday to recover from doing a really stressful job. So I thought, well, okay, leave the stressful job, then I won't need to earn that much. I'll be able to do something that I really love. Fortunately, I have a very understanding husband. And uh, I said I wanted to leave my job, walk away from my 20-year career and train as a transformational coach. So that's what I did about four years ago. That is so powerful. And it's like you've always been in the coaching space. You've always been helping people and looking at them as individuals. So it's it sounds like it was really a natural progression. Yeah. I think when I was at school thinking about college and university, these sorts of things weren't really known. 
it was sort of did history or geography or maths or English, those traditional subjects. So the more psychology and coaching and humanist courses weren't there or just weren't talked about when you went to your career counsellor and said, what would you like to do? I'd love to know a little bit more about life coaching and who would you say it's really for? Who are the people that you tend to work with? Where are they in life or what are they struggling with? Is there any common theme to that? Yeah, so where my coaching sits is when you leave coaching training, often you go, I just want to help everyone. But you'll find that just through who you are naturally, that certain types of people with certain types of problems or challenges gravitate towards you. I've got two key kind of people who come my way. First are people in their 40s upwards, right until 80s or whatever, who have gone through or are going through a significant life event. I'm talking about they've been bereaved, their relationship's broken down, they've lost their job, or they're going through a company restructure and it's all very um, stressful and upsetting, or they've had a health diagnosis. And in all those circumstances, it's that moment when the future that you thought you could have isn't possible anymore. So all your identity is tied to that future that you thought you were going to have. And when you're confronted with that situation where you can't do that anymore, that's where I come in with the coaching. So it's to help get that clarity again, build the confidence because any of those things will knock your confidence and reconnect to what's most important and who you are and make peace with that situation, but also see the future possibilities. It tends to be more women than men. And I'm saying that mainly because women tend to, this is a generalization, but the women who come to me tend to be in roles or in situations where they put other people's happiness above their own. Either they're in the caring profession and that's part of their job, or they've got families and they put those ahead of themselves. So they're always thinking about what makes other people happy. They don't want to ask for help themselves. They don't want to make a fuss. And when it comes to this sort of moment, they don't actually know what they want anymore because they've spent all their time worrying about what everybody else wants. So when it comes to asking what they want, they're totally disconnected from that and they feel really guilty about even thinking that they should think about what they want. There's a lot of people about just saying it's okay to want something for yourself. It's okay to look after what you need to look after for yourself because in doing that, you can help more people. And if they are in relationships, often the other person will be trying to help them by suggesting answers. And because they can't explain what's wrong and they can't explain what they want, they then feel even worse about themselves and more frustrated. They feel stupid that they can't even express what it is that's troubling them. It just becomes a vicious cycle. So I work with them around that. And the other people who, who come to me are people who've had quite challenging or traumatic childhoods and have got that real determination to move away from that environment. They've come a long way and left everything else behind them. And then they've got to a point where they've achieved what they originally set out to do. They've got as far as they think they needed to get to. And then they get there and they think, well, why don't I feel good about it? Where's the joy? Why do I feel so empty? What do I do now? And then they've got to a point and then they don't know what to do going forward. So again, it's being kind to themselves, reconnecting, listening to themselves, letting themselves ask for help, accepting help when it's offered, all of that. So I work differently to quite a lot of coaches in that we don't have a very clear, this is where I want to get to, other than feeling more confident and you know happier. There's no real clear, 
goal that they're working towards. It's more of a, I don't want to feel like I'm feeling goal. So what I do, other than start working with values, I let them decide the agenda of each session so that we can work on whatever's most important to them, because I don't know what that's going to be. And also so they can learn to listen to themselves and decide what's right for them and build that trust up with themselves again and build that confidence in themselves again and learn to trust their intuition and their inner wisdom. Yeah, because I feel like some coaches, maybe not necessarily life coaches, but a lot of people in the coaching space build a framework and work off of that with their clients. And I always felt like coaching should be way more individualized. So I love that you really focus on that and let their responses drive where you go and how you coach them. I had a client who came to me because they were going through a restructure at work and it brought a lot of stresses up from the past. They wanted to feel confident in their role again. So that's the initial assumption we were working with. And I'd asked what they wanted to focus on in the next session. And they said, oh, definitely want to focus on my confidence. That's the key to this. And next session, they came in and said, I've decided I'm going to leave my job and I want to start my own business. (laughs) I would have never expected that from the conversations that we'd had. And if I'd have gone down that, let's just focus on confidence, we wouldn't have got to that point where they gone, no, that's not what I want, actually. I want to do this. And they left their job. They got a completely different other job in a completely different industry as a contractor. And they started making home furnishings at home. It's as much as an adventure for me as it is for them. That's why I love it so much, because I never know where we're going to end up. I just go with them. Yeah, that keeps it exciting, too, on your end as a coach, like having all these different personalities and people and challenges. No call is ever going to be the same. So it keeps it unique on your end and interesting. (laughs) Quite a lot of my clients are introverts and a lot of them have felt that they don't fit in, that there's something wrong with them. They need to be more extroverted and more outgoing. And it's through this process that they learn to accept that actually introversion is a real strength and has got a real beauty to it that has just not been recognized. So obviously being an introvert, that's another bit I love because helping people understand that and and love that part of them is really rewarding for me. A little bonus, a little cherry on top. So powerful as an introvert when you finally stop thinking of it as a negative or a flaw. For me personally, that was when everything in my business and my life switched is when I stopped trying to be somebody that I wasn't because I felt like that's what I needed to be to be successful. And I just accepted who I was and really fell in love with who I am as a person instead of trying to change it. And it's that acceptance of who you are that makes the real difference. And Carl Rogers, who started the humanist way of working, he said, it's only through accepting who I am that I can move forward or that I can change. And while we're constantly trying to be something that we're not, we're not focusing on the real work and where the real value is and the real joy because we're distracted doing something else. Whereas if we can just be who we are and work from that space, the rest of it falls into place and makes more sense. So as a fellow introvert, I would love to hear what is your favorite marketing method for your business? Well, I'm still figuring that bit out, I have to say. So I, I started off with a website that I built And that's still probably the primary place where my clients come to me. I'm on Life Coach Director as well, but they tend to come through there. And I think with my clients, 
if they are introverts. It's that ability to connect with someone more than through a social media post. So they like to have a read of the blog posts or have a read about my about page. And I think that works better for my kind of clients. Most of my clients aren't on social media. So I have noticed this about my clients. I have got an Instagram page, Facebook page, LinkedIn profile. Um, but I think those sort of touch points, the Instagram and the Facebook, they're a bit too on the surface for the type of clients I work with. There's not enough depth or length of connection for it to really work with them. So I think those longer form interactions where they can sit and think about it, read it again, rather than it just zooming down on their feed and them having to search for it again. They've got a place they can go to and sit and read and digest. It works much better for me and my clients. So that's what I'm focusing on at the moment is is finding options to do that. I feel like that's definitely where it comes in with knowing your audience. For me, I feel the same way as an introvert on social. Sometimes I get overwhelmed just scrolling on Instagram. I do. I find it really stressful. It's like content and information overload sometimes too. And I just got to go off because it's a lot of really helpful knowledge, but it's like, I can't consume that much in like a two minute period. No. So I have been in a business, in fact, I'm a leader in a business network and meeting group. And I've been in a business mastermind. It's sort of like, be consistent, be on social media, do this, do this. And so I've done that. But at the end of the day, I've got to a point now where, if I'm coaching people on how to show up in life in a way that's true to themselves, I really feel deeply that I should also be doing the same thing. I'm much more happy leading by example and saying, well, this is how I'm doing it. So at the moment I'm going through a whole re-evaluation of what that's going to look like going forward because I just don't want to do something because I'm told that's the thing I need to do. I need to feel it's the right thing for me. I love that leading by example is so important. I have set in my business that I will never do an Instagram reel. Those are just not for me. And I tell people that you don't have to like, yes, reels are all the rage if you want to grow really quickly on Instagram right now, but you don't need to do them. And especially if your audience is somebody who doesn't really like to watch those (laughs) and I very rarely will watch one on Instagram now, but when I was trying to see what all the fuss was about, I I was like all the dancing and pointing, this is not helpful to me. And I don't feel connected to the person. It feels like somebody's acting a role and that's not how I want to make connections. So true. And people say that we're a lot more connected because social media makes it possible, but the level of connection isn't the same. I love engaging through social media posts. So there is that element of it, but there's always just something missing for me in that. It's just not deep enough. Yeah, it's very surface level, like you said. And everybody's trying to be more interesting. So it's not true. A lot of the time what you see is, I think we need to be honest about what's going on in our lives. But I wouldn't go into a room and shout about my business to a crowd of people that I've never met before. So why would I do that on social media to millions? I would have a conversation with one or two close friends. So that's much more where I would prefer to be than doing something completely unnatural because I wouldn't do that in the real world. So you know, why do it in the social world? What would you tell someone who is an introvert and is in the beginning stages of their business? I would say to take their time with it, to not get distracted by the noise, to find a fellow 
tribe where there are shared values, like the Introvertpreneur Club, where there are people who understand your point of view, rather than joining a business mastermind with lots of people who love being on social media. Find find a space that you feel comfortable in with people who think in a similar way to you. Not to say don't challenge yourself, but right at the beginning, you need to be in a safe space because it's you know it's challenging starting a business and there will be tough times. You need the people who are understanding that rather than trying to push you out of your comfort zone to get you through that and really build that resilience and that strength and that sense of identity with yourself and what you're doing first. And then when you've got that, you can try doing other stuff and testing it out. But at the beginning, you really need to protect your vision of what you're doing, how you want to do it and make it true for you rather than getting caught up in all the noise, going to endless webinars and seminars on how to grow your email list how to get your Facebook group and how to join Clubhouse, all of those sorts of things. Just focus on how you want to connect with your clients, how you want to work. And if you want to work four days a week, start by working four days a week so that you're always in the right structure for what you want to achieve long-term. That's so important. I see so many people just starting like it's hard not to get caught up in all of the content on social or about running a business where You think you just have to do everything and consume everything that's being thrown your way. And then you get frustrated because nothing's working and you're working too many hours to do all the things that everyone's telling you you have to do. And it can be very exhausting and frustrating and you're going to get discouraged if you try to do too much at once. I always remember because when I started, I went on to uh, Facebook, I went to this two-day well, I went to a free workshop and then I signed up. It cost a lot of money to do this two-day workshop. And really, I shouldn't have done it because I wasn't that clear about who I was going to work with and all the rest of it. I didn't have that clarity in my head. So honestly speaking, they should have said, oh, you know, do this bit later. But they didn't. They took my money and I went to the workshop. All these people are going, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for a six-figure this and I'm doing this. I want to grow my business this, this much. It was exhausting just being in the room with them, sometimes inspiring, most of the time exhausting. But then afterwards, there'd be the Facebook group and there'd be these constant posts about who's working on the weekend, who loves their job so much, they're up at six in the morning and not working till midnight. And it was this impression that if you weren't working 24-7, you weren't committed and you weren't working hard enough. And I thought, well, I left corporate life because I didn't want to be working that hard. You know, I the whole reason I left corporate life was to have control and choice over my time and how I spent my time. So why would I make myself even more stressed? Um, even if it is a business that I love and I'm passionate about, there's there's no need for that. And guaranteed, six months down the line, you'd see the same people coming up going, yeah, I'm going to have to take a step back. I've burnt out. Or nine months down, I've just taken three months off because I've reached burnout and I like to reevaluate everything. There's a good wisdom in the tortoise and the hare. That story about just go at your own pace and keep going will get you to the end result. But if you race ahead and wear yourself out it's going to be stop start stop start stop start so it's really important to go at your own pace and have the courage to do what's right for you rather than what the world seems to expect you to be doing yeah that's a good difference between hustle culture and building a sustainable business if you're in for the long game you'll get there if this is what you want to do for your life or for a certain length of time you will get there it doesn't mean you have to get there super fast 
But I would say probably another thing to do if you're starting out is to have some form of income coming in so that you're not relying everything on your business idea because that just creates a lot of stress. So if you're working full time, do this as an extra bit. But again, not with burnout, but if you can reduce your full time hours, still be working and having a steady income, that would be another bit of advice I would give anyone starting out because having that pressure of having to earn money from your business takes a bit of the shine off it. And that will lead you to saying yes to opportunities that you aren't really happy with or lowering rates. And that is not good for anyone. (laughs) Awesome. Well, this has been so great to chat with you. So I would love for you to share where everyone can find you online and connect with you. My website is www.squarepegcoaching.co.uk. And I do have an Instagram page. So that is square underscore peg underscore coaching. And on Facebook, it's Square Peg Coaching UK. On LinkedIn, I'm Alison Muir, a work in progress. That's awesome. We will have all of the links in the show notes as well. So if you want to visit Alison's website, get in touch with her. If you're struggling with confidence or you really want to find courage to take action in your life. She is definitely the one to speak to. And I just love everything that you've said on this interview and all the gems that you've dropped about following your own path and really building an authentic business. If anybody is interested, I do offer a free future self call because I think it's really important for us to be able to connect and understand if I'm the right coach for you. And I love that you do that because I feel like it's important for coaches to make sure that somebody is the right fit as much as you are the right fit for them instead of just taking money. (laughs) So I love that that is definitely a a principle in your business. I think it's, it's so important to run an authentic business too. If you're helping people build a more authentic life. You are definitely leading by example in everything that you do. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. It's been great fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. You can join me at introvertpreneur.com and at theterrorread.com, where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, Keep using your introvert superpowers.